Pushkin. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. member FDIC. Copyright 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. This is Solvable. I'm Ronald Young Jr. You know, religious institutions, uh, the UN estimates they own 8% of habitable land on Earth. The majority shareholder is the Catholic Church. It has 177 million acres. We need to realize the power of our portfolios. They're a proposition of what we believe in and our values. They aren't neutral, like anything. And when it comes to portfolios of land, developing it, growing food, building on it, and living on it are the most familiar uses. Molly Burhans is a member of the Catholic Church. She's also a cartographer and data scientist, and she believes that land can be used to protect the environment and create a more equitable world. I don't think anyone should have a global data set of all the world's religions, given that land and religion are like the two things that we have the most beef about in history, but also are the two critical leverage points at climate change. Through her nonprofit, Good Lands, Burhans aims to leverage the power of data to mobilize the church to use its abundance of land assets for the greater good. She's developing a database to house comprehensive maps of all modern Catholic land assets. If we all realize the potential of our property and make land work for good, biodiversity loss and climate change is a solvable problem. I am Pentecostal. I grew up a preacher's kid, and I saw something that was interesting about your story, which was that you didn't get serious about your Catholic faith until college, um, which was a lot like me too. I was saved at nine, but I didn't really get serious about the church and make a commitment until somewhere within my mid-20s, I want to say around 24 or 25. Tell me a little bit about that experience for you. Well, before that, I'm interested, you, like, how did you end up coming back 
you know, it, it's it's actually a journey that that I'm kind of still on. Mm-hmm. So growing up in church the whole time, viewing the faith, listening to all the tenets, listening to everybody, everything that everyone says, being in a, in a, a faith or faith practice that's a little more conservative than most. If you are a child or a young adult or a person that's questioning those those types of conservative practices, you have no one else to interface with or to talk to that may think the same way that you do. And I knew that if I left then all of the people who were like me at night and younger as kids would not have a me to talk to there. And so that's why I, uh, that's why I stay. And that's kind of what continues me renewing my faith every day. Uh, so Molly, tell us a little bit about your path with Catholicism and how it ties into what you do. My dad was a molecular oncologist. My mom's a computer scientist. And I had been like really deep into kind of questions about finding God in all things. So like Mm -hmm. naked mole rats are very interesting creatures. (laughs) I don't want to call any of God's creation ugly, but they are like really, really funky little guys that live under the ground and they have, they live really long. And, you know, I kind of like had this moment and doing some mathematical modeling, it hit me like, gosh, why would anyone want to live forever? It sounded like terrifying to me in a sense. And then, you know, that, led to the really deep question of why would anyone want to live today? What's the meaning of life? Wow. You know, and, and it kind of made me realize faith and science are like, um, there's a quote that are like my thumb and my fourth finger and through my grasp all things, you know, God is love and he's logical. It's not fear. It's love. We want to be here with those we love and celebrate. Why would you want to live forever? It'd be hell if it was anything else but love. That's the only reason. And so Meaning of life is love. That's and and then I, you know, had to after that it was the long journey of like, whew, how do we do this? And I'm still on that one. <laughs> so tell listeners about what it is that you do. Okay. I run a social enterprise that I founded in 2015. And the social enterprise helps the Catholic Church, but it serves everyone. It can serve anyone with a large portfolio, understand what they own generally at least 30 properties or more, and um, implement environmental programs using an understanding of the environment. I In the church, so often one of the criticisms you hear of Catholicism is, um, you know, they're, they're the richest, richest thieves, which is, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not liquid. I think a lot of people, especially the Catholics, like I know who are just like working for a diocese, doing the books, like doing ministry, um, who are like making minimum wage, you know, like the issue is really a management one financially. Mm -hmm. Our property portfolios, any investment portfolio, but a property portfolio right now is shaping the land around it and it has potential and it will build the landscapes of our future. And we need to realize the power of our portfolios. They're a proposition of what we believe in and our values. They aren't neutral like anything. And embodying our faith and our mission to care for the poor and the earth and um, reflect that love and also be responsible financial stewards. You have to use data to, to do it. And we now have the tools to do that. Mm. So essentially we digitize records. People can know what they have and where it is to understand the impact of that property right now and how it can shape the landscapes of our future. What's your ultimate intent with the work that you do? Like if you could boil it down, what does that look like? The big goal to make the largest global network of ecosystems restoration, 
you know, making land work for good. When you say what, uh, just give me a a cursory explanation of what you mean when you say make the land work for good. You want to shelter the homeless? You got to have a shelter. That's land use. You want to feed the poor? You have to grow that food somewhere. You know, care for the sick? Mm. Oh gosh, we know how much like design and outdoors and ventilation matters now with like COVID. Uh, You want to prevent the next pandemic? Mm-hmm. We have to stop destroying habitats. You cannot separate any of our emissions from the environment. Everything goes back to the land. So you're telling me what you do is you work with the Catholic Church to get a survey of all that land and you recommend better ways for them to use it? Yes. Do you have a successful example of repurposing the land for good and what that looks like? So I have a master's in ecological design and I studied under landscape architects. So I my first uh project, which is being built in Springfield, showed me that making land work for good is so encompassing when you do it. It's a food forest and an urban farm for at-risk youth in Springfield, Massachusetts. And you design with the people. The people are the designers. We see community being built, health being built, skills being built, futures being built. It's good because it's so horizontal in its impact when we use our properties well. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you, who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Join hosts Ben Walter, CEO of Chase for Business, and Tanya Nebo, a lawyer and business consultant, on the storytelling journeys of trials, tribulations, and triumphs that hinged on a single event, a split-second decision, or even a stroke of luck. Whether the story is about a warehouse going up in flames or a former partner stealing a whole roster of clients, each episode will showcase the grit, determination, and resourcefulness a small business owner needed to turn a pivotal situation into a springboard for success. Listen to The Unshakables now and learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase, N.A. member, FDIC, 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase & Co. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. So quick question, Molly, talk to us about why maps are important. It's, it's like it's time consuming work. So why not just jump in and start making ecologically smart choices as fast as possible, given the urgency of our climate challenges right now? Yeah. OK, because everybody needs a map because a map is a blueprint, pretty much like if you're doing environmental programs without a map, how I view it is it's kind of like you're building a building without uh, any blueprints, you're just kind of throwing stones. If that makes sense, like I think um, mm-hmm. it's it's really problematic. Actually, <laughs> I'm you know for us all the projects we did, they weren't just digitizing, but they they started to progress to like, okay, now we're going to look at the portfolio financially. Okay, now we're going to look at schools. So why you need a map is if you tried to even me look, I'm rambling right now. Without a map, I could have said everything I just said to you in like 20 seconds and we would have gotten it. Boom, boom, boom. Here's these data sets. Now we know the story, right? Yes. And now if you're working with soils and hydrology and water drainage and, you know, if you're going to implement a stormwater management strategy, you know, if you're going to implement tree planting, not only do you need to have the right species in the right place to do it with any sort of ecological integrity, but at the same time, you could have 5,000 times the impact <laughs> on this one property. And so it's really, maps are also about helping your neighbor in need, you know, uh, not just doing it in a sound way, but doing it in a more equitable way. And then what's the action item after you get the map? Yeah, so so they get like a master plan, which is really just kind of like a strategic plan for their property, but with the impact folded in, with the community input and with the data so they can continue onwards and also to track what they're actually doing. And in terms of how what you're doing helps the environment, what has that interaction been like between you and the church? You know, it has been, it's been weird. I somehow got a meeting at 26 years old. You know, at the Vatican, it has been very well received at this uh, hostel called the Melting Pot in Rome that's 15 euros a night. I'm mapping an entire global religious order at the time to just like get an idea of the data structure of going to these meetings in like palaces in the evening. Um, and I asked, talked to the Vatican um, about it from day one and, uh, you know, have been very mindful of security and policy. I think that is one of the the kind of greatest outcomes so far of this is that I have been a voice about land, land security, mm-hmm. and data security and policy. Um, I actually also had an association of Buddhist monasteries come to me to ensure that they know how to do this with their data. I don't think anyone should have a global data set of all the world's religions. 
lands per se. I think that that would be um, too powerful and high risk given that land and religion are like the two things that we have the most beef about in history, but also are the two critical leverage points at climate change. You know, religious institutions, uh, the UN estimates they own 8% of habitable land on earth. That is larger mm -hmm. than India and Sudan combined. And 5% of commercial forests. If we don't succeed as faith institutions in owning our responsibility in the face of this, this crisis, the world is going down. How do you convince a faith organization of their responsibility here, though? Because when we talk about climate change, especially when you think about religion and the fact that in a lot of uh, Christian faiths, they see themselves being taken out of here when the world gets to its worst state. So how do you even get organizations to care about something like climate change when they think that they might not even be around for it? Uh, grueling, absolutely grueling um, work, to be honest. Um, you know, I, I guess we've been told it wouldn't be easy, but I never expected uh, what I've faced in this. It's, um, well, first it's, it's really education. So like, you know, what I found is that people are kind of waking up more and more each year. And I think that's a collective effort of the science communicators, the activists, of the faith leaders, of it's so devastating, you know, every day, but we we keep at it. Like all of us, you know, from different faiths and no faiths and just knowing the human family impact, the the funding is the most screwed up thing I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And it is shocking. So like, you know, the Pope gave me approval to establish the first scientific institution there in a trial basis. The budget was not enough there. And I mean, and it's so weird. Like my salary is less than a McDonald's salary. And I hope it gets fixed for all of us. And I hope all of our faith communities learn to, to step up. Because the interest is there, the leadership, the, the the bishops are want this, you know, we have more requests than we could take and we've already done as much as we can with pulling together these teams. You know, it's it's just, it blows my mind. Most people that work in activism and work in the work that you are in have an acute awareness that there really is no end. But let's mm -hmm. say there is an end. What does that successful journey look like for you? Well, the big end is the the Catholic conservation on the global scale. But I think um, in the next five years, you know, we have um, right now in our uh, kind of backlog, we have 17 dioceses and two major NGOs who want to work with us. I actually think it's an alliance of, of you know, dealing with the complexities of ownership and healing, have to heal our communities and each other if we want to heal the land with integrity. What can listeners do to kind of uh, help to be engaged in your mission? Just go start Googling permaculture. Just like inspire, like a holistic land design. Go find a place locally that is practicing these, these land management techniques because you will see a future that you want to live in mm -hmm. that is awesome and verdant and like abundant. Whatever faith you are and the connections you have, encourage the, the fiduciary support. That is really the missing piece for, for all the organizations. I'm terrible at fundraising, but the whole space needs help. It needs money. All of the Faith for Earth, every Faith for Earth organization, desperately. 
Was there a way for listeners to get involved directly with the actual map making and help propelling the project forward? Oh my gosh, if you got 1.3 billion Catholics collecting data on species, we'd have like the greatest global species inventory in like a month. It'd be so cool, you know? Um, I'm really hopeful, actually, about all of this. Right now, I know our partners at the St. Kateri Conservation Center have an app where you can log different species. I think there's a lot of apps out there too, like like the Audubon Society and uh, their bird day, you know, bird count. And it's it's awesome. I'm I'm hopeful about the future. You know, we're all just hacking at it and I see it happening and it's, it's coming out and it's just uh, not just Catholics, but all faiths. The people I've met in the Faith for Earth space, we're all caring about the same thing. Molly, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. <laughs> Molly Burhens is the founder and executive director of Good Lands. To learn more about her work mapping the lands of the Catholic Church and to find links to her suggestions about ways you can get involved with ecological design and mapping, check out the links in our show notes. Solvable is produced by Jocelyn Frank. Research by David Ja. Booking by Lisa Dunn. Our managing producer is Sasha Mathias, and the executive producer of Pushkin Podcasts is Mia LaBelle. I'm Ronald Young Jr. Thanks for listening. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.